Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Matthew 25, verse 14, it should be on the screen coming up. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked Lazy servant, you knew that that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. And God will bless uh, the reading of his word. Just finish off my coffee. (laughs) Fantastic. That's the coffee. We'll see what <laughs> see what's to come. <laughs> okay, um, I'm sitting in a chair this morning. I don't know how long that will last. Uh, this morning we're going to do something a little bit different in the sense of this is not so, going to be so much a preach. It's going to be me more having a a chat with you. Although knowing me, I'll end up a preach and I'll end up standing up. So we'll see how it see how it goes. Uh, it's more a catch up of where we are as a church and where we're going. Um, And you may remember, those of you who have been here regularly, that we've been looking at spiritual gifts in the last few months. And uh, I wanted to really sort of zero in and come back to that. I'm not going to let it go, these spiritual gifts. I want to keep coming back to you and not nagging you, but cajoling you, encouraging you to be using the gifts that God has given you. And uh, one of our aims this year as a vision team, was to help you discover your spiritual gift. And I think just about everyone I can think of uh, discovered that they have a spiritual gift, at least one. And, uh, but our objective as a team wasn't for you just to discover your spiritual gift. Our objective is a, uh, a continuing objective in that we want 
us as a church, you as individuals, us as families, as a community, as a fellowship, to be practicing the gift, using the gifts that God has given us. And uh, I've entitled this morning, uh, Back with Interest. (laughs) Back with Interest. And you're thinking, what on earth does that mean? Well, what I mean by that is, if you think of, I was watching Wimbledon this week, and I was devastated that Andy Murray went out, and Jamie Murray lost the, the final, doubles final yesterday. Who's a tennis, anybody tennis fans? See, there's a tennis, there's a few, there's a few of us. This is for you. Forget everyone else, <laughs> this is for you. Well, you, know, you will know as tennis fans that sometimes um, the commentator will say he gave back with interest what was served to him, what was played to him. So they, they see, the tennis players, when they're hitting the ball, they don't want to just return the ball over the net, although that's the first priority. They want to add interest to it in the sense of if they get a straight ball, they want to come at it with an angle, with some sort of um, uh, spin or whatever, you know. So they, uh, they say, oh, he added interest there. You understand? And so I entitled this morning, <laughs> uh, Back With Interest. I think that's Murray, isn't it, on the far side? No, no, no scrambling. Dominating, dominating the net. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's really what I want you to think about this morning in terms of your own life. That what God has placed within you, that you would give back to him but give it back to him with interest. And I think that's what the parable of the talents tells us. I've always said to you, haven't I, that God is a businessman. God is a businessman. He looks to make profit. Okay? And so he gives and he invests in our lives, not for you to feel good about yourself, although sometimes the gifts make us feel good about ourselves, but he wants interest. He, so when the five talents man came back, he came back with another five, and the Lord was pleased. And God has given to us, and what God has given to us is our gift. And how we use that gift is our gift back to him. You understand? So we are givers and we are receivers. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And like Susan was saying this morning, you're always going to be happier giving than receiving. You saw the joy on the video, didn't you, of the people, tears, laughter, joy uh, of, of receiving. But I, I've, been in the other, I've been in both sides, and I was telling you last week, when you're able to give, it's just a fantastic feeling that someone is blessed for you to give to them. And uh, so that's wonderful. It brings more satisfaction, more joy, more fulfillment when you are a giving person. And that's why God continues to give us. He gives and He gives and He gives again. For God so loved the world that He gave. So He's a giver. He wants us to be blessed, not by receiving, but by giving. Kingdom's always upside down. You think it's, no, it's more blessed to receive. That's the world's view. Give me, give me, give me. Understand? But the Lord's way, the kingdom way, is for you to give. And that way, when we give, we are more happy, more joyful, more blessed. And so that's what we learn from the parable of the talents. So if you think of the servants, 
as us, if you think of the talents as uh, spiritual gifts, if you think that God wants to give us back with interest the gift that he has given us, and some of us are much-talented, multi-talented, multi-gifted. Some of us have one gift, which is brilliant. The number of talents is immaterial. You are not in charge of how many gifts you were given. Understand? Christmas would be a totally different thing if I was in charge of what I receive. But I'm not in charge of what I receive. I'm given gifts. You are too. Although I think it's changing these days. I get a list now. This is what I want. Understand? But it used to be you gave a gift and you either liked it or lumped it. You understand? And so that's the way with God. He's given us a gift. So the number of talents, the number of gifts is immaterial. You're not in charge of that. God has given you that. You cannot be responsible in one sense for that. But you are responsible. I am responsible for what I do with that gift. So to use your talent, to use your gift, calls you, calls me to launch out in faith, with courage, with tenacity, with the risk of failing, knowing that when you try and use your gift and work with what God has given you, it can go wrong. If you'd heard some of, and I've told you this many times, if you'd heard some of the early preachers with me with a microphone, you'd no longer be a member of this church. You just wouldn't. You wouldn't want to come and hear me at all. And that's true for many, many speakers. That's true for many people with, and I'm going to give you one or two examples later on, of people who started to use their gift, and it was embarrassing. It was excruciating. It was painful. So it can go wrong, but failure isn't your enemy. Failure is your friend. Who's failed? See, half of you have failed. The other half haven't failed. The other half are liars because they've all failed. And <laughs> we've all failed. But failure can take you forward. And the servant with the five talents, the five gifts, took a risk, and he gained five more. The servant with the two talents took a risk, and he gained two more. The servant with the one gift, the one talent, took no risk at all, and he didn't gain anything. He didn't even gain failure. He didn't even gain the experience of failing. And it was probably fear that made him do it. It was fear that made him do it. Fear of the master, fear of punishment, fear of the fear of being just paralyzed, just not knowing what to do. I wonder what's stopping you using your gift, your supernatural gift that God has given you. What's stopping you using it? For most of us, it's fear. But you know, the only time you need to fear the master The only time you need to fear the Lord is when you refuse to work out the gift that he's given you. That's what it tells us. Sometimes it's not fear. Sometimes it's pride. Sometimes it's what is known as inverted pride. We think of pride as being, look at me. Look look what I'm wearing. Look at me. That's one sense of pride. There's another pride that you're too proud to step out. You're too proud to take a risk. You're too proud to make a mistake. That's inverted pride. There's fear of failure. There's a fear of appearing foolish. 
every single person whose gift, spiritual gift, that you appreciate in some way, small or large, has appeared foolish at times. That's the bad news. If you've got a gift to use, a spiritual gift to use, you have to be willing to appear foolish. They've failed. The people who you love, the people you watch on TV, CDs that you listen to, they have failed. They have overcome, though. They've overcome their fear. They've overcome their inverted pride. Because your flesh will always go, or usually go, against God's plans. Your flesh will usually want the opposite in your life that God wants. Your flesh, like my flesh, will avoid pain. It's not something you're attracted to, pain. Your flesh will want to avoid pain. Your flesh will try and stop you doing what God encouraged you to do, Jesus encouraged you to do, take up your cross and follow him. Your flesh does not want that. Your flesh just wants success. Your flesh wants to avoid any cross. Your flesh doesn't want to be overcome. Your flesh wants to take control. But we can overcome the flesh by releasing God's Spirit in us and using the gifts that God has given us. And like Susan was saying, God's into sowing and reaping. <coughs> Jesus says, John twelve twenty four: unless a seed dies and falls into the ground, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What you sow, you reap. The servant sowed five gifts, five talents. He got five back. The other servant sowed two. He got two back. And the word from God for you today, listen, listen quickly. What is it? God says, sow the gift that you have. He's not asking you to sow anybody else's gift. He's only asking you to sow the gift that he's put within you. He's telling you, don't bury it. Bite the bullet, step out of fear, and step into faith. And use the gift that God's given you. Because your gift is your gift. I cannot use your gift. I'm not responsible for your gift. You are responsible for your gift. If the guy with the five talents had had the chance, he would have nicked a talent from this guy with one and said, I'll make, I'll make two out of that one. You understand? But he couldn't. The one talent man was responsible for his one talent. And what I'm saying to you this morning is life-changing. Because if we will start to be responsible for the gift that God has given us, then your life will change. It's going to change every single thing about your life. I promise you that. It'll change your family. It'll change your circumstances. It'll change your relationships. It'll change your bank account. When you start to use the gift that God has given you, what a privilege that God would actually give me something super natural for me to be in charge of. And what I find interesting in this parable is he, did, he didn't give any advice how to, use the, 
how to multiply the gift or double the gift. He didn't give any advice. He didn't say, here's your business plan. This is what you have to do. If you do it this way, then it's going to work. If you don't do it this way, it's not. He didn't do anything like that. He didn't tell him what to do, how to do it, where to do it. No instructions. No, don't go to this website and you'll find out how to use your gift. Nothing. He just gave them the responsibility of the gift. What are you doing with your gift? There was no manual, no instructions, nothing. No website, as I said. God doesn't give us minute instructions very often. Sometimes he just gives us the big picture, the gift, and says, go and do it. Go and use it. Be yourself. Don't take yourself so seriously. Take your gift out of the box and begin to mess around and use it. Make mistakes. I think often in the church, when somebody says, oh, I think I may have a gift of this, we think, oh, well, here we are. We're going to have this prophet. We're going to have this evangelist. We're going to have this healer. We're going to have this whatever. And we don't allow them to start from the beginning. God gave, the Lord gave these people gifts. He gave no instructions how to use it. And he's happy to leave with us the responsibility of learning to use the gift that we have. What have you learned about your gift? What have you discovered about your gift? Are you using your gift? Did you use your gift last week, last month, last year, today? It's a crossroads in our spiritual walk, isn't it? It's almost like, you know, Behind us is the past. To the right of us is frustration. To the left is mediocrity. But to the future is us using our spiritual gift. You yourself, not your wife, not your husband, not your children, not your grandparents. You, your gift. And if we would get out of the box the gift that God's given us, he promises two things in that story. He promises, number one, he's going to enlarge your territory. Number two, he will make you happy. It's not a bad deal. Just read it. Verse 21, the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler, ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He will enlarge your territory. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And he said the same thing for the too talented guy. God's saying to you this morning, to me this morning, if you'll take a chance and get your gift out of the box and begin to use it, I'm going to enlarge your responsibilities. That's scary. But that's wonderful. It's a promise. Because you and I have been made much more for what you and I are responsible for right now. Your life isn't finished. If your life had finished, you'd be dead, gone, buried. But you're still breathing. I think most of you are still breathing. And so therefore, I have to stand up, I'm sorry. <laughs> so therefore, you're breathing so that you're here for a purpose. And your spiritual gift is a clue to the purpose that God has for your life. So what's your spiritual gift? Are you using your spiritual gift? 
if we would just let ourselves go, if we would just renounce fear and pride and begin in some small way to use the talent, to use the gift that God has given us. Sowing is not burying. Sowing is giving away. Okay? We think of sowing as burying. Kingdom, sowing is giving away. Give away. Like the chap in the video. Giving. You've no control over it anymore. Sowing, the five talents. I bet you the guy with the five talents and the two talents were up at night worrying, am I going to be able to make a profit for the master? As Christians, we don't stay up at night worrying, am I going to make a profit for the Lord? Am I be able to go home to heaven and say, this is what I did. This is what I've brought. This is who I've brought. You understand? God has given us a gift. He's given us a purpose. And so often we just let it rot in the ground. I want you just for a moment, just for a few seconds, think of your gift. You got your gift in your mind? Just think of one of your gifts, your spiritual gift. Just think of one of them. And begin to think and begin to imagine you operating in that gift. So if you think of the, the video we watched, the guy was who we didn't see very often. He was suddenly coming in with a few dollars and then disappearing. You know that guy. Maybe he started with that gift, maybe giving somebody five dollars and saying, this is just a gift. He had the gift of giving. Okay? But now he's in a supermarket paying for people's groceries. Okay, I bet he didn't start there. But you imagine your gift... And then begin to think God multiplying that gift, you operating in that gift. Say you had the gift of healing, or you just have a feeling you might have the gift of healing. Just something inside you feels, I think I've got a gift of healing. You begin to imagine someone getting healed. And then you begin to imagine one or two other people starting to get healed. You imagine you in the... the, um, Trafford Center, just going up to a stranger who you see ill or just disturbed or whatever and saying, do you mind if I just pray for you? I'm a Christian. I believe in healing. Just imagine yourself operating in that level and seeing them healed. You imagine if you got the gift of giving. Oh, I gave five pounds away yesterday. Imagine yourself giving away 50,000 pounds. Imagine yourself giving away a hundred thousand pounds. Do you understand? Think of your if you've got the gift of teaching, and so you you maybe teach a few sessions now and again. Think of you teaching to five hundred people, to a thousand people, to five thousand people, to ten thousand people. Just think of that. Whatever your gift is. Think of you if you've got a gift of administration and you sort out a few files and a few this and that and the next thing. And then think, what if I was in an organization that God is so using and I was doing the administration and enabling the people to, to work quicker and faster and be able to move things around and make things happen with my gift of administration and lives were being changed because of the gift that God has given me. Think of what God could do 
in your life, if you suddenly let your pride go, your, your just sensitivity go, your fear go, and you just became abandoned to God and say, just, just use me, just use me. And so you weren't thinking about people around you. You were more thinking what he thought about you. You're more thinking, what can I give back to him? How can I increase this gift that he's given me? I've only got two gifts. How can I make it four? I've only got five. How can I make it ten? I've only got one. How do I make it two instead of burying it? Do you get what I'm saying? Imagine yourself operating in a bigger way the gift that God has given you. And the phrase that we've often used in this church over the years is that we want to be naturally supernatural. Natural, naturally supernatural. I don't know whether that's because of our personalities or because of our character or because of our temperament or our spiritual disposition. It's just a phrase that we've always loved because we didn't want, well, I haven't got a white suit, for instance. And, uh, you know, we didn't particularly seek a crowd we didn't particularly have, although I do have a big black Bible when I think about it, but you understand, we wanted to be naturally supernatural. So we, it wouldn't be just church would be the place where you'd see miracles. You'd see miracles in the supermarket, you see miracles at work, you see miracles in your family, you see miracles everywhere. And it wouldn't be with a big spotlight, it would just be happening all over the place. You understand? No PA, no media, no website. Miracle for the day, miracle for the week, miracle for the month. No, it would just be, I'm just seeing miracles because I've started to operate in the gifting that God has given me. And we think miracles as being something dramatic, something just absolutely life-changing, something that we could never, ever expect to see happen. But God's miracles are sometimes much smaller than that. Just, Just like the DVD. Just like, you know, different situations where you have used your gift, that's as big a miracle as anything that we can think is an outrageous miracle. And I find it so encouraging that God wants to use every single one of us. And I came across a book. My daughter, Natalie, sent it up to me when I was away recently. She said, you might want to read this book. And this book is actually called Naturally Supernatural. And I was so annoyed when I saw it, because that's a book Susan and I wanted to to write. But I don't need to write it now, because that saves me. (laughs) It's obviously this lady's gift, so that's great. Um, And it's a book called Naturally Supernatural. And I'm getting, uh, I'll just give them this morning, the vision team, uh, a gift (laughs) of this book to read as our summer reading as a leadership team. And uh, it's a book written by Wendy Mann, who goes to the church that my daughter goes to, King's Arms Church, uh, Bedford. And I asked her, Wendy to send me up some copies for the team. And if you want a copy, then see me and I'll get one for you. The cost is £8. Pounds. No, pr- no profit to me. <laughs> um, and I want to read just a little bit of this gift, oh, sorry, this book to you. And uh, it's uh, page 135, yeah, let me just have a read of that. I just want to share this story with you. And this is about a mistake that she made. So often preachers tell you about the successes, but I wanted to tell you about the mistake because I wanted to encourage you. She says, I remember, sorry, that's second one. <laughs> Three, five, yeah, here we go. 
Although this is a success. The second one's a failure. Um, a friend of mine felt prompted by God to buy a bouquet of flowers for one of her colleagues at work. She knew the lady a little bit, but not well, and they did not see each other very often. As my friend pulled up at the supermarket, she asked the Holy Spirit if there was anything more, any more specific information he wanted to give her. She felt the Holy Spirit say that the flowers should be yellow and they would cost £20. When my friend looked at the flowers available, the biggest bouquet of yellow flowers cost £18. Thinking that she'd heard the cost information wrong, she took the flowers to the checkout anyway, where she was asked if she wanted them specially wrapped for an extra £2. Of course, uh, she agreed, paid the £20. When she got back to her car, she wrote a gift card to accompany the flowers, detailing three things she felt the Holy Spirit say her colleague really needed to hear. When my friend got to work, she let the flowers in her car, left the flowers in her car, and nervously went in to the office. The lady God had spoken to her about was there. So my friend sat at an empty desk pretending to work, which a lot of us do at work, uh, <laughs> while she planned her next move. A few minutes later, the lady got up to leave. My friend followed her out of the office and plucked up as much courage as she could to start up a conversation. She told the lady that she had something for her and asked if she could wait until she went to get it from the car. The lady looked a bit baffled, but agreed to meet my friend in the car park. As the lady saw my friend approaching with the bouquet, she started to cry. My friend explained how God had prompted her to buy the flowers for her, and that, that he had written, uh, sorry, that he had given her three things that he specifically wanted to say to her that were written in the card. The lady could not believe what was happening. Do you know, do you know what's happening? This is amazing. You really don't know, she repeated disbelievingly. My friend was completely in the dark and had no idea why the flowers and what God had said in the card meant so much to the lady. She was just grateful that her obedience and the risk she had taken had so obviously blessed her colleague. Later that day, my friend's colleague called her to explain why the gift had been so significant. The lady was going through a very difficult time. She had found out that weekend that she was pregnant, but her partner was furious. He told that if she kept the baby, she would never see him again. So she booked an abortion for the following week, even though she felt really uncomfortable about it. For the first time in her life, this desperate lady had prayed, asking God to give her a sign that if, if he was real and wanted her to keep the baby. She believed that the flowers were that sign. These were two, there were two specific fears that the lady had about having the baby on her own, but the Holy Spirit inspired writing in the gift card, addressed both of these, and brought peace. This brave lady cancelled the abortion a few days later. All because this lady decided to sort of <gasps> get over the fear, get over the panic, get over the pride, and thought, I'll just do what God's telling me to do. And so this lady was blessed. This lady met God because this person, Wendy, decided, do you know, I think today I'm going to listen to what God's saying. And do you know, for once in my life, I think I'm going to actually do what he tells me to do. There's many days that God's whispered stuff in our ears where he wanted to bless somebody. He wanted to encourage somebody. He wanted to heal somebody. He wanted to enable somebody. He wanted somebody to come into his kingdom. And he whispered into our ears, but we said, 
No, not today, Lord. I'm too shy. That's just not me. I'm just too fearful. God says, okay, can't use you today. I'll have to go to somebody else. Do you understand? God's saying to each of us in this church, I've given you a a gift. Excuse me. I've given you a gift. Come on. Let's use it. Let's use it. You going to use it? You going to use it? That's what he's saying to us this morning. You going to use it? You going to use it this week? You going to say, "Lord, give me an opportunity. Give me a chance. I'll just listen to what you're saying. I'll do it. I'll do it." And yes, we make mistakes. This lady makes mistakes. And I said to her, "Read uh, one of her mistakes and uh quite a simple mistake. One page uh 139. And uh, this is quite funny, really. She said, I remember a mistake I made when I went with a friend to prophesy over people in a church that had been invited to, that she had been invited, or he had been invited to preach at. I hadn't been a Christian long and had only prophesied a few times. I remember being completely terrified as I paced up and down at the back of the hall, pleading with God to speak to me as the rest of the congregation worshipped. I was desperate to have a prophetic word to bring so that I would not look like a fool when my friend invited me up to the front. Have you noticed these words, foolish, fool, desperate, fearful? That's what comes when we begin to use our spiritual gift. That's what our flesh, that's how our flesh reacts. To my great relief, God began to speak to me about a teenage girl sitting on the back row, about how priceless she was to him. He wanted her to know how loved she was. When it was my turn to prophesy, I encouraged the girl to stand so I could share what I felt God wanted to say. Unfortunately, my nerves got the better of me and my words came out wrong. I ended up telling the girl in front of the whole congregation that God wanted her to know that she was really worthless. (laughs) (laughs) you understand when you begin to use your spiritual gift in these next weeks you're going to make mistakes you're going to get embarrassed you're going to be fearful but that's the journey God's called us to see it's not about us it's about him and when we think of our spiritual gift we begin to think about us Are people going to receive my gift? What are people going to say? Am I going to look foolish? Is my pride going to take a battering? Do you understand? It's all about me and I and what of them and us. We never think God's going to have a smile on his face. This lady tells another story. One time when she was uh, coming home, she'd given some words. No one had responded. No one not even something near to the near the mark, nothing. And she was walking home, and suddenly she heard this applause, like a whole, like a, just like a whole, you know, concert hall applauding. And she's looking around thinking, what's that noise? And nothing's around her. And she says to the Lord, I can hear applause. What's that applause? He says, that's the applause of heaven. You went out and did what I told you to do, and you were, up, you, that you and you were. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You were prepared to look foolish. You were prepared to look an idiot. 
you were prepared to fail. You were prepared to get it wrong. With your spiritual gift, are you prepared to get it wrong? Or do you think the master is going to come back and whack you across the back of the head when you get it wrong? He won't. That's the church. They do that. God doesn't do that. You understand? God wants you, just like a child with a gift, begin to play with it, begin to use it, begin to bless other people with it. And when we start to do that, the kingdom advances. The kingdom moves forward. God begins to use us and trust us with other responsibilities. And suddenly, we get a joy that we've never experienced before because we suddenly realize, you know what? God is using me. God is using me to touch lives, to bless people, to encourage people. Do you understand? So you encourage this morning. Think of your spiritual gift and think, do you know what? Flesh, I'm going to come against you this week. I'm going to use this sucker. You understand? I'm going to use this. I'm going to actually do it. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to give to them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to build them up. Do you understand? I'm going to make that phone call. I'm going to send that email. I'm going to write that letter. Make that phone call. Whatever. You understand? So if we as a church, as you as individuals, as we as a family, will start to use all the gifts that over months that we've looked at, and we've covered every single gift. You were in there somewhere. And if you never heard it, listen to the podcast. You were there. God's saying, let that gift rise up. Begin to use it. Start that conversation. Listen to my Holy Spirit and begin to use it. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you want to use us. You want to touch us. You want to be with us. Lord, we want to advance your kingdom. We want to see your kingdom go forward. We want to, Lord, be able to arrive home in heaven one day and say, Master, Lord, here's my gift. Here's my talent, and here's my other talents. I doubled them up. I multiplied them. Your investment has made a profit. Father, thank you for your word. Now, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, give us the grace to respond. And not just to forget these words, but do it. Do it. Do it. Again and again and again. Do it. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you'll be speaking to people's hearts and people's minds about their gift. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll be speaking to them about people, about situations, about opportunities. Connect with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.